Welcome to Season 2 of the Endurance and Performance Podcast. Alright everybody, welcome back. This is going to be Part 2 of my conversation with Chuck Sloan. If you didn't listen to the first part of that, just go back one episode and we talk a little bit about uh, athletes and, and what they can do once you're finally peaked, but you still have a couple, three weeks to go until your race day. A lot of approaches there in terms of uh, just getting it right for race day. So for today, we're talking all things Ironman Tulsa race course, swim, bike, and run, plus a few other tidbits chucked in there as well. I hope it's helpful as you begin your final uh, week or so here of preparation, which most of it is mental since all of the physical is done except for sharpening that sword and it, it just eases you a little bit and allows that preparation to happen a little bit more naturally. Sit back and enjoy another episode of the Endurance and Performance Podcast. All right, Chuck, let's, let's move, move into uh, your knowledge. I have, I have more general knowledge. You have way more specific knowledge because where you are and what you've seen and, and what's going on there on the course. So let's, let's just generally talk about Ironman Tulsa and let's just talk about the swim course. I mean, is there anything, you know, sometimes swims are just benign. Like you just do this, you've done the training and you're just going to do the swim, but some, some courses are different. There's some, you know, there's some tricks to it in terms of maybe the sun or landmarks. Is there anything other than the 2.4 miles at Keystone Lake, um, that you can, that you can give people from local knowledge? Um, you know, I haven't been to that cove, uh, where they're, where they're swimming, but you know, I mean, depending on how windy it is, will depend on, you know, how smooth or rough the water is. Well, the, well the, co- the, the cove is good because it's going to be probably more protected, right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Like, like at Ironman Santa Rosa here at Lake Sonoma, they originally had the, the, the swim slotted to be sort of in the more open part of the lake, which is a little cooler, mm-hmm. but the wind can come whipping down the valley even in the morning and it can be really choppy but just underneath the, where there's a bridge and you go into the cove, it can be dead calm. So yeah. uh, I think yeah. that will provide, some, I, I, I would assume for some protection. I mean, and, and here's, and I, I mean, I've seen that lake be plenty, plenty choppy, but um, I mean, I, you know, I know people are worried about water temperatures right now. I think the water temperature is going to be just fine. Yep. Um, you know, you got to think it's, it's, you're only swimming on the surface. So yep. like, it, it, it'll, it, we're going to have, we're going to have 70 and 80 degree days until that point in time. I I just can't see the water temperature really being a factor. Right. Um, It'll, I mean, similar here, Lake Sonoma, big lake, um, that surface three to six feet warms up really, really quick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it will, I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be a great swim for, you know, a wetsuit. Right. So I'm not, I mean, I'm not overly worried about that unless, unless there's a storm. Right. I mean, that's the only, that's the only, re, only real reason why I would think it would be kind of a tough, it'd be a tough swim. But, yeah, and, w- and what I understand I, from the course too, by, by looking at it and knowing just some of the, the Ironman folks and how they set stuff up, it's a big one loop course. 
um, mm-hmm. with a lot of straight lines, which as far as swimming goes for people to remember, I mean, it's, if you have a, a two loop course with tight corners, it's, it's very different, but a one yeah. loop course, you know, even heck with the rolling starts now and the time trial start, excuse me, that, you know, it's, it gets spread out immediately. Um, and yep. with less turns, there's less congestion at turns, which is, is used to be a big sticking point at their events for uh, safety and for which worried a lot of people. So I think now it's just for athletes, um, add something on here if you want. It's just about calming yourself and knowing the course and knowing just the general, the general turns. Ironman does a good job now with numbering their buoys um, and just oh, you, know, yeah. you sort of know like, okay, there's a buoy every X amount of meters. I mean, I think you'll have to ask, they'll have to ask the question at the race or just go to this, look at the finish, like where is, and they'll walk from the finish to the start. It, or look at the last few buoys. I always encourage athletes to do that at my athletes or at race meetings. As I go, go to the swim venue uh, on race morning, walk down to the swim exit, look at the last few buoys, where are the turns coming from? What are the color of the buoys? What are the number of the buoys? Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, that kind of goes back to your race packet, right? Yeah, like absolutely. reading your, reading your race, uh, race guide, yep. thorough understanding. I mean, I think, you know, you might have a little sun in your face on the way a little bit at the beginning because yep. of the way, the way that, that loops, you know, because mm-hmm. it kind of goes, it goes East and then, um, and then, then you go West, but, right. um, so, I mean, other than that, I think, um, I think, I, I don't know. I think it, it should be a pretty straightforward. Yeah. Sometimes the swim is ironically, it means, it means a lot, you know, as far as, and we should probably do another piece uh, if we can get it in before is just, you don't want to change people's pacing things, but there's some things that you can be confident in, you know, it's when you set up your sort of pacing plan and it, we'll, we'll leave that, we'll leave this to more logistically. What are the courses? And we can talk about the pacing. We'll yeah. try and get another one of these done before, uh, before race week, uh, which will help some people too, in terms of pacing, but the swim's important. And I got to get into that, but the swim is super, super important more than people it think it sets is. Up your day. Yeah, I, I, I try to tell people, you know, look, you can't, think of it like, Oh, I just need to get out of the water and then it's going to be okay. You know, everything's going to be fine. Like you can totally ruin a day yeah. in the water, but you, you, you either, you, you, you either drain the, the hourglass and the sands of time, or you, it's just trickling to nothing. And that's you know, what we want. So <laughs> we want the, we want the trickle aspect. So um, hopefully the swim is pretty straightforward there. You don't have any winds. Um, it's protected. And I think that's why they moved it into that cove also, also for some logistics there too. So what are some key points? I mean, people, the, the thing, the things that are out there now in the, in the community, and I say community, social media, everyone has a little bit of different viewpoint on it to kind of how they train, where they're from, what their equipment's like, but you know, people worried about Hills, people worried about road surfaces, um, you know, and, and people are worried about, um, people are worried about the wind. So from your standpoint, maybe a little, a little snippet of each of those, and maybe talk about your experience with road surface. And again, it's hard because everyone has a different perspective on road surface. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know, like, um, I don't know when I was, when I was kind of starting out in triathlon you know we were pumping our tires to 120 psi oh i know, you know? 
and like <laughs> on everything it didn't matter <laughs> yeah it didn't matter and i was you know oh we're gonna ride tubulars and pump it to like 140 or something like that right and you did and, it just because it said that on the side max pressure sweet let's freaking go <laughs> yeah, as hard as you can go um and but now you know with with uh, the technology changes with tires and everything i mean and depending on depending on the rider size that's going to kind of depend on what you're you know what you're riding um yeah there are places where the road is not great i mean and and really really not great and yeah. i always you know i stress to my athletes I, i'm like look you know be paying attention don't be oblivious right. to what's happening right. um you know be looking be looking up and looking for things um, potholes in the road or whatever. If, if, you know, there are places where like, I know a guy went down this last weekend, he like fell in a huge pothole and, um, like his, his race might be over, you yeah. know, I mean, yeah. that's a great way to break a collarbone. So like, I'm telling people like, look, just be mindful. And it's like, be mindful of the other riders around, be mindful of what the road is doing, but but also just make sure that you have the right gear. I think part of that too, like knowing, knowing, Hey, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to have two CO2s. I'm going to have two, I'm going to have two tubes. Um, I'm going to have a, like a, a fix it, you know, um, like, I don't know, the different tire levers and stuff. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Well, just having, having a couple of different tools in your, right. your kit to make sure that if something were to happen, you can, you can pop that tire off and you can right. get things sorted out quickly um, or, or fairly quickly yeah, yeah. and get your race back. But, but the, the issue, you know, it, it is what it is. It's going to be the same for everybody. Look at New Zealand. New Zealand's like chip seal the yeah. whole way. And heavy like, chip and heavy chip, you know? Yeah. So it's not like, it's not like Tulsa is going to have, you know, and it's going to be just, there's going to be some sections that are going to, that are right. just not going to be that great. Well, and people will remember and they'll send messages out or they'll give you your viewpoint. Oh, look, the course was horrible. Like, mm -hmm. like and you know, it was un not uncommon here at Santa Rosa. Fine man, little courses were a little bit different, you know, and there were, there were people that would say, oh, the roads are absolutely horrible. And I actually did a breakdown once of 112 miles and I broke it down into this was a few years ago and there was some deterioration one year because of the fires and stuff like that. But I broke it down to the 112 miles and I broke it down into sort of three different, and this is probably what you're getting at too, is sort of three different surfaces, really good surface, meaning smooth, black asphalt or whatever, but smooth and consistent. And, you know, you don't almost one of those surfaces where you don't have to look yeah. for anything. And then yeah, there was right. the second surface that we have, which is, I would refer to as a light chip. Um, does it give you vibration? 100%. Um, is it a little less smooth? 100%. But it's consistent. And that you can mitigate with the right tire pressure and just understanding how to lay on your bars and not beat yourself up. And the third one is just crap road. Potholes filled in, and it's just got bumpy, inconsistent roads. And when I broke it down, right. it was like 98 miles of the course something like that 90 something miles were either the very good or consistent chip and it was 14 miles of the crappy stuff and what right. people remembered was the second loop 
and the five or six miles of that inconsistent crappy stuff that drove him crazy, you know? So I assume that that's probably what you're looking at in Tulsa. Is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I, and, and I think there's going to be part of that. That's really, really bad. Um, and it's just going to be what it is. And you're just going to have to make sure that, you know, you've kind of, uh, done, I guess been you're prepared enough if something were to happen in yeah. those locations that you could do something yeah. about it. But like then it's a, a good point. But but also I just you know I also just I don't know just wanted to kind of touch on the course a little bit. Um, yeah, let's because, talk talk about you know, you know the, the the layout of the course so that we you know talk about road surface and that's good. And your point is great. Drive it ahead of time if you've never ridden it, never seen it. Drive it. Get an idea of of the nature of it and put that into your plan. So yeah, we've got that. So now talk about, let's just talk about sort of hills and, and potential. I know living there that, that time of year, the potential for South wind. Um, yeah. So let's, yeah. let's talk, touch on your expertise there in terms of. And, and this into. is where I just think that people need to realize how um, it's kind of like Lake Placid. Everybody talks about, you know, yeah. being really patient in that first, that first lap, right? Yeah. Lake yeah. Placid because the second lap really gets you right. if, if you're not careful. Well, what I'm going to say on this course is the first half, you're going to get, you get a bunch of hills and um, you need to be extremely patient and, and just, just be steady in your efforts and don't try anything, you know, right. don't try to do anything spectacular in that first half. Um, well, this, that's where people who tend to ride, like I want to ride 20 miles an hour. I want to ride 18 miles right. an hour. They see that number yes. go to 16, go to 15 and a half. And, it, and it's going lower as opposed to going higher. And they, and they freak out about it. Yes. And, and then, but then you're going to turn, right? And predominantly in this time of year, you're going to get a south wind. And you're going to literally turn out after you've been in the hills and you're going to get a little, you're going to get, flatter roads you know it's it's not as hilly and you're going to get a nice consistent and every time i see uh like the power files of everybody yeah and, and on training peaks and you can kind of you you see that first half and then you see this section where in the in the in the course of it that section is really smooth yeah it flattens it's flat and smooth but yeah. it's going to be straight you're going to have a nice headwind going into that part but then here's the kicker is that I think a lot of people haven't necessarily ridden the last 10 miles and the last 10 miles is, is really hilly. So it's not like you get to come in and then you just kind of like coasting. Uh, it's like, you, yeah, there's no coasting in yeah. like you, you're going to be, you know, now is it, it's an up and down, down right? It's a, it's a series of Hills, right? Yeah. 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 And it, you're going to be, burning matches big time in that last 10 miles people are going to be just wishing they're off their bike at that yeah. point i mean most of the time you're, you probably wish at about right. 90 so <laughs> no matter already, what yeah you're already going you know what i'm really ready to be off the bike yeah, yeah. uh but yeah so that like that's that was that was something that kind of surprised me when i start when everybody started really like doing the whole you know doing the whole ride or mm -hmm. doing the, the ride and you start you see that last 10 miles and they're like ooh. I could have done without that hill, honestly. Right, right. And um, and and so people need to be really mindful of their efforts and not not get over the in that during the during that bike ride. 
So, well, I think you, your point makes it goes back to, I, I think you almost spend 90 to a hundred miles going, I have to ride that last 10. I have to ride that last 10 and I have to run 26.2. Uh, right. And the yeah. mindfulness, the mindfulness of that almost to the point where, and this goes to a point I make with some of my athletes, as far as pacing and stuff, where we sit down and we try to come up with the, the right plan. And they're like, well, I think I can ride harder. I think I can. I said, listen, here's the deal we're going to make. You follow my plan for 80 miles. When you get to 80, you can do whatever the heck you want. I have not in 20 plus years, I've never had an athlete get to 80 and be like, coach, that, that plan was too easy. And I just crushed the last, you know, 20 and anything outside the plan. Everyone's like, it's always like, I just held it steady. I actually backed off a little bit. It just, so mm-hmm. I think that's, it's always been sage, sage advice. And I got that from somebody else. I wish I could footnote it and say who. But just the way that that resonated was, it was, wasn't just it was sort of like, yeah, just keep it in check for the first 80 or 90 and then see where you're at more. So I was like, you do what I, I say for 80 and then <laughs> you can do what you want for the last 30. Yeah. And I, you know, nobody, you know, at 80 miles of an Ironman, nobody's going to be like, yeah, you know what? I can bump this up 20 right. watts. Right. Yeah. No. And that's, I, well, I can what's going to happen on that yeah. run most people just don't have the bandwidth to do it and and you know in in a in a different mind and just going off tangent a little bit i remember when we would set up your your evolution in hawaii was the first couple of years it was like here's your power here's your heart rate just stay under it and just let's have a good run and then it got to the point where you were resilient enough and fatigue resistant enough that it was we could change the plan a little bit. And there was two really key sections there. One was from Kauai High to Havi, which is 18 mm-hmm. miles, trending sort of uphill into headwind. And I'm like, mm-hmm. if you feel unbelievable and your heart rate's low, then let's lift whatever our X percent was to make some id roads into the race. Like, and this is a com- competitive thing. This wasn't just a Chuck finishing thing. And oh, then yeah. it was back, yeah. you know, back into the turn, get the tailwind, go back downhill, keep it smooth, keep it even. And then whatever you're sort of, averaging normalizing is when you get to um not Kauai high what's the the, yeah Kauai high from there to the airport it was like hold that we've got to be able to hold that and if we're holding that we're dropping dudes and that's exactly the way it played out and that's the similar part here is like when you get to that last x miles in Tulsa you want to be able to hold your sort of averages that you've been doing that that's that's the goal but if you get to that point you're like I got to back way off. It's, yeah. That's what we don't want to see athletes get into. Yeah. And honestly, what people, what people don't realize is how many people you start passing in that little yep. short period of time, right. because they overcook themselves. And then in that, just in that, like, I mean, literally even from like, you think about in Hawaii, like from the airport in yes, you know, 10 miles, whatever that is, you know, from that little, the little mountain out there. Yeah. Uh, no, it's side. about 10 or 12 miles. Yeah. Yeah. It's like 10 or 12 miles. And man, all of a sudden you just like start gobbling people up and then. Well, and we would, we would look at, we would look at that. Like if I was on the side, on the sideline per se, and we would look at the app and like, you know, I would have people text me and go, Oh, Chuck's not doing great. I go, Oh, let's see what changes from Kauai high <laughs> to the airport and airport. You'd be in like 30th place in your age group. But by the time you got to T2, 
you were 14th, 13th, you know? Right. And then it was right. like, everyone's like, how's he going to run? I go, oh, they'd look at the first, again, this goes back to, they, we would look at, people would look at the first four time splits before 10 miles. Like, oh, he's only moved up a spot. I go, look at 14 miles. And then all of a sudden you're eighth. And then all right. of a sudden, at that point, everyone left in the game at that point was it was game on. You know, it was just like, yeah, you know, and you can and, see, you, you start seeing everybody yeah. too. Cause then you go down and right. Right. You go down to energy lab, you start, you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. But, but you, the point there is that people just need to be, and you know, take your sage advice in terms of the course and man, s- stick your ego in a sack. Be patient. Yeah. Just be patient. I mean, I, I can't stress it enough, you know, and don't, don't get excited, especially in the first half. Like you can't get excited on the first half of that bike ride. Right. Um, you have to keep it in check. You got to yeah. do not be pushing Watts, even going up the hills. Don't be pushing Watts up right. over, you know, cause you, you, you just, you're just burning matches for later. And, in and the that's day. where it's important for people. And I've stressed this in the, in the chat forums is that change your gearing. Like you have to have the right gearing to be able to stay in the right um, mm-hmm zone of heart rate or power that without spiking you know and, and i and i've always right. people are like oh, i don't ride enough hills i go i'm not worried about that let's train your fitness and let's right. have the right gearing if you've done both of those the hills matter but they don't because you can use your gearing to stay in the right bandwidth so you know the big thing there and, and your your points are so dead on and having your knowledge of that course is really good and and I almost want to scare people about the last 10 or 12 miles, you know, right. Just, they should, if you're scared a little bit, you'll just back off. And, and heck this, this goes back to the saying, it, I don't know, again, another one of those things that stuck with me for a lifetime that I, I, I actually wish I'd had it when I was, it's just starting out was if, if for some reason you really, really feel like, and you did ride too easy or too slow, then you have 26.2 miles to make up for it. And it's pretty rarely the case that you ride too easy or too slow. And, and we know yeah. and we'll talk, we can talk about the run and, but the reality is, is, you know, with the run, it's like with the bike, if you back off, you might give up a couple, a couple, let's, let's just, let's say you ride a half. Let's just quantify it. Let's say you ride, a half a mile an hour slower than you quote think you should ride. Well, let's mm-hmm. say that's depending on how fast you ride, that's eight to 10 minutes. Let's say it's 10 minutes. Well, let's say you get on the run and you've completely overcooked yourself and you've ridden too fast. And all of a sudden you think you should be running eight minute miles and you start running 10 minute miles. Well, that 10 minutes is gone. Oh, and is, yeah. That, yeah. It, or, or walk one 16 minute mile. Well, guess exactly. what? That 10 minutes you quote lost on the bike, you've given back in one mile of walking on the run, one mile. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that, that should be a point that, that sticks with some people. And it's the athletes that get it right. And it, there's something powerful about the last 16 miles when all you do is pass people. It's just oh, like this yeah. momentum builds uh, and it feels so good. So let's talk to us a little bit about the run, because I think everyone probably has a vision of that run being along the river. There's some shade. It's nice and flat, but the, the pieces to the, to the, but especially the pieces to the river trail and the return are a little, uh, a little bit more than people maybe have signed up for. 
Well, you know, you're going to, so T2 is downtown. You're going to have to run through downtown. So you're not going to have a lot of, there's going to be a lot of like shade. Right. I mean, yeah, all it's exposed. Trip, you're, you're totally exposed. Um, maybe some building, you, you might get some building shade, maybe. And then you get down onto, you know, you get down to Riverside and yeah, there's some shade along the trail for in, in some, especially that first mile of the trail. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some shade there, but, eh, and then it's kind of, it'll be off and on. Um, and that's sort of, I guess will probably depend on the time of the day for people that when they're out there, right? Sure. Whether you're yep. And then, but then you're going to get out there and when you're going through, when you're going through the gathering place and you're going all the way down, I mean, you're pretty much going to be totally exposed yeah. from, um, I mean, and if we get an 85 degree day, um, yeah. And, it's as humid as it as it normally is i mean it's not like super humid but it's humid enough that it's gonna it's gonna be a really 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 tough day even though that run is pretty much flat i mean there's kind of some undulations in that when you kind of go up by the gathering place and then you go back down and um and it kind of a little bit of undulation but i mean it's pretty much flat but then you're going to come back and then you're going to go you know you go back to you get back to Southwest Boulevard and then you turn it back around and you go back out and come right. back and then you have to come back in. You have to come back up. Yeah. And so, like so what, last- is, what is the section like, let's say T2 to Riverside to where they hit the trail? What is, I, I, I know just from having been there and seen a little bit of video, it, it, it's again, it's exposed, but it's undulating. So it's not flat. Oh yeah. The first oh, yeah no. Cause you're going to go, you know, you're going to kind of go up and over and there's going to be, you know, it's going to be a little bit of a, a, a climb and then a downhill, right. come, you know, coming out of there. Um, but then it'll be the same, you know, it's going to be the exact same thing coming back. Um, it, it's not, it, it's going to, I think it's going to surprise some people like that last, right. that last little bit is going to be really really challenging yeah Yeah. ironman louisville the last the last edition they obviously didn't have it in 19 but in eight in 18 when i was there announcing they had changed the course from being um sort of the predominantly all in town double out back really really flat Mm -hmm. with just one hill up coming from from t2 and it was all it was similar but so it was all flat and then the last two miles you came from like river level because all the running was down at river level on trails and you had to just basically climb all the way back into town. And people were just like, I felt so good at mile 25, you know, and I was excited because we we're finishing. And then it was just like brutal, you know, just trying to get back up to the flat roads too. So I assume there's going to be some of that um, in Tulsa. Yeah. It, I mean, it's very, very similar. Um, it sounds like I, I, I never did, uh, you know, I never did uh, Louisville. So, uh, it, it's kind of, um, I was just trying to kind of see here. Um, yeah, so yeah, you're going to have to, you're going to have a really, uh, a really rough kind of, kind of coming <laughs> back. I, I'm, I'm excited to, I mean, I'm really excited to kind of, kind of see how it goes because, yeah. um, um, 
I just think it's going to be a really great course. I I don't, I, even, even with the road surfaces, even with, you know, kind of a dual um, start and finish kind of area. Well, we're seeing Um, a lot of that. So it's, it's not, um, yeah, it's not that uncommon. It's not uncommon anymore because of the way that Ironman sets the races up. They like some of the, they like the downtown finishes if they can get them and downtown Mm -hmm. finishes don't always mean downtown starts with swim venues. So they're skilled at it. So people that are, you know, well, I'm going to go off base just for a second. People that are worried about that aspect of it. I just don't be Ironman's really good about the logistics of getting you there getting your gear back. And even the fact that I know in Tulsa, which is really different than any other races, um, I'm pretty sure if I'm missed, unless they've changed it, is that they will transport all your stuff the day before, bike included, all the way to T1. So you don't even have to go out there. I'm not sure if that's still the case. Originally, I know talking to them, that was their plan. I mean, I don't know that I would do that. I'd probably want to drive out and rack my bike yeah. and, and get a feel i i think i'd want to do that and get a feel for the land so uh, but anyway so going going back to the run or even the courses any anything else that you um you know that you want to hit on from local knowledge um that we that we missed um no i mean i, f- I feel like i feel like i've kind of covered it i mean but on the on the run itself i mean you're obviously you're going to have a headwind when you're going out yeah not like that matters that much, but um, it actually might, it might provide a little bit of cooling. No, I, I think I, you may, I didn't even think of that, but to be honest with you, if it, it is a, a, one of the, even if it's, if it's a mild day and it's in the seventies, but if it's a hotter day, you know, let's say it's an eighties and, you know, more humid. I mean, I know, I know the area and I've raced in that area that time of year and similar, we just draw, we keep drawing conclusions to Kona mainly because our experience is there, but also there is some experience in terms of, comparison in terms of 80s humid hawaii humid is different than well i was gonna say it's different oh, yeah. than tulsa no, humid but yeah it's different it's but, way different because it's but, ocean yeah. it's ocean humid but yeah. um i think you bring up a good point is that if you're getting some headwind on the outbound right that's where you would get it mm-hmm. then having your skin moist from sweat and from water you've poured on yourself is going to give you a really nice cooling effect. So you kind of want, you think, Oh no headwind, but you really want that to a certain degree. But when you turn around and that wind is at your back, yes, it's going to push you, but all of a sudden your core temperature um, and your real, your body's real feel will be very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. You'll, you'll, uh, it, it could be a really, it could be a really, really brutal day, yeah. uh, but like temperatures have been super cool here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm not, you know, uh, and obviously you never know what you're going to get because, right. Um, but at the same time, like things have been really, really cool. Um, we had like our, our, I mean, it was the coldest it had ever been in the end of April. I saw so, that. Um, so I don't know, maybe that, maybe that'll play to athletes favor and we get some just nice, like high 70 degree days or whatever well and you and i talked about too the difference there from just end of may when it was scheduled last year to a week earlier just Mm -hmm. the way that the weather starts to turn that time of year (laughs) it could be a huge difference right a huge difference it usually rains on it's it's a weird phenomenon if it it almost rains every single year on memorial day weekend it's like cool like it could be high 60s low 70s kind of thing yeah I remember um, doing the Skyatook, which was the Tulsa Triathlon and Skyatook, like the championship race out there when I lived in Fayetteville. 
and I probably did it three times. And the weather was different every year, rain and cool one year, super hot, super humid one year. And then the other year was like sunny and, you know, the highs were in the seventies and that was the first week of June, you know, and that's the nature, that's the nature of it. So anyway, so as we start to wrap, the one thing that we say is like, if Ironman was easy, it it wouldn't be as rewarding. Right. And if, if it was that easy, everybody would be racing, you know, all the, all the Ironman events. And the reality is, is listen, when people do Tulsa, the way that I see it is that, it's going to be a true test. You're going to have everything. And that's what I like about it there. Yeah. Are there more moving pieces? Sure. But that means the reward at the end of the day is better. Yeah. I think, um, I think people are going to be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a great town, you know, and I, I don't live there, but I visited there enough and lived close to it. I always enjoyed going there and I don't, I kind of wanted to get there, you know, for the race. I actually was hoping that I would be announcing there. Maybe next year I'll be announcing there and I, I get a free trip and do some work. Um, but uh, I think, I think you're right. You know, from someone who's not a, a native Tulsa person myself, it's, it's a cool town. Uh, the people are, the people are great in all my experiences um, and they welcome stuff like that. Yeah. It, I mean, and, and we're, we love, we love this kind of, you know, this kind yep. of event here. Yeah. So we, um, so I know, you know, we're, everybody's really looking forward to having, um, having this kind of, of event and it's kind of, I mean, it's just right at the same time that everything's kind of starting to open up. So perfect timing, Chuck, man, I I appreciate your time. And then hopefully we can, we can squeeze one more in and maybe we talk to people a little bit about their, uh, we don't want to change or ruin people's pacing strategies, but for some people that kind of don't have them or how we can just give, you know, it's stuff that I, I'd advise to people two or three days out from a race that maybe they haven't quite thought about. We can have a little chat about that uh, yeah, in a week or so. General guidelines to yep. be thinking yep. about. Yeah. Especially as they, they relate more so to uh, Tulsa, we start to get an idea on maybe what weather is going to be like and things like that. All, All right, right, brother. I think, thanks for your time. We will, uh, we'll get another one soon. All right. Thanks, Dave. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on the Endurance and Performance Podcast, wherever you might be and whatever you're doing. I hope that if you like the show, you'll subscribe to the podcast and share it with people of similar mindset that are looking for meaningful discussions around improving your performances and enjoyment of endurance sport. If you'd like to contact us, email addresses are available in the show notes. We would also love to hear from you and answer your questions. Until next time, enjoy the process.